People always ask me what type of marketing we do at the practice to see on average 165 new patients each and every month. And I always say the same thing, reviews. And more importantly, I rank high on Google. You may have heard me talk in the past about how my practice's website and Google search ranking has been the most beneficial element to my practice's growth. Well, I've been happily working with the same marketing person for the past four years, and now you can too. Relevance Online Marketing will take you from non-existence to the top of the pack using their revolutionary approach to SEO and pay-per-click advertising. No contracts, no BS, and only the results that you can take to the bank. So if you are looking for a marketing company that gives your practice the attention and care it deserves, look no further than Relevance Online Marketing. Mention Dental Practice Heroes and get your first month free, risk-free, with absolutely no obligations. Relevance Online Marketing will take your online marketing from zero to hero. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com and set up a demo today. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com and gear up for some real practice growth. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Hutchison. We're here on Monday, November 28th, 2022. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. You know, we had a really good Thanksgiving. We put up some Christmas decorations and I celebrated with my wife and my two daughters and my mother-in-law. It was really small. It was just us. Her brothers were sick and and my brother had to go to his in-laws. And, you know, it was a nice low-key Thanksgiving, but we drank some wine. We ate some great food, had some great conversation. And it was just really nice. You know, I, I've been really thankful lately for my family and in my practice family and literally just every single element of my life. I'm just in a really good spot right now. And I feel really good about my purpose and just being the best husband, being best father as I can. That's just been my top priority lately, which I'd have to say in the past, it hasn't always been my top priority. My top priority has been the practice for many, many years. And this was a switch that I made about two years ago when I partnered with MB2 and partially because, you know, I didn't own as much. So it, I didn't have as much riding on the line, but I really just made this change into cutting down my obligations at the practice as far as how much time I was spending there personally, as well as I started cutting down on coaching clients as well, because that was doing a lot of that as well. And there was this like transition period in there where I had a lot of extra time and I was watching TV and I was just sitting around and feeling some elements of boredom and wondering, man, I should take on another project. What's the new next big thing? What are we going to do? But I made this commitment with my life coach that I wasn't going to take on any projects for at least until the fall of this past year. And it was hard to do that because I really was kind of getting a little bit bored with how much time I had relative to how much, how busy I've been in the past. But then that eventually became the new normal. And what I noticed was I just kind of opened up and became a lot more present relationship-wise with my wife and my kids. And it's just been really good. And I learned a lot through that transition of, I think if I had a regret going backwards, it would be that I spent so much time and energy at the practice. I mean, spending all the time and energy at the practice is what's gotten me to be able to really cut back today. So I'm thankful for that. But I think I could have found a little bit more balance. And that's that's just me kind of speaking in retrospect. And we all know hindsight is 2020, but that's kind of where I'm at now. So in the news this week, we all saw that Disney bringing back former CEO Bob Iger, Bob Shapik is leaving and they're going to try to bring their company back to previous levels of profitability and get the stock value back up. And it got me thinking about our dental practices 
And when we need a major change, and there's been times at my practice that we've needed a major change, you start realizing things aren't going in the direction that you want them to, or you realize that things aren't as good as they could be. And obviously, we can't be like Disney and change the CEO or change the owners that easy. I mean, I guess we can sell our practices and stuff, but but that's not what I'm saying. I mean, we can change the way that we lead. We can change our leadership. So I want to talk about three things as far as leadership, culture, that's been really important to my practice over the years and some lessons I've learned. First of all, thank you to all those that reached out, sent me an email on my hernia surgery day. That was really awesome that a few of you guys remembered that and reached out to me. That was really cool to see like, hey, I hope it goes well today and stuff. So yeah, I had my hernia surgery last Tuesday and it, it went good. You know, I, it started off with, I, I wasn't too happy to do it because my previous surgery was my ACL and that was just God awful. I got a compliment on my shave job from the CNA. She said, why'd you do a really nice job shaving? And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. I really appreciate that. <laughs> now, it's weird because I know females are very much more used to going and, and showing your stuff to your, your OB guy. Guys, not so much. This was, this was weird. I think the last time that I had to show my stuff to somebody was like a high school physical for sports where you like, they hold it and you turn your head and cough. So Going through this hernia experience, I mean, it's a, it was an inguinal hernia, so it's it's low on me. Okay, it's it's in a very private area. I just strip down and kind of just show my weebles to this guy that's going to be fixing my hernia, and it's it's a weird experience just to stand there, show him my stuff, and let him touch and feel around, tell me to cough, turn this way. I mean, it's really really uncomfortable. But you know what I noticed was that after the exam, and then later after the procedure. And then later after the follow-up, it got really normal just to like pull on my pants and show this guy. And, and I got really comfortable like being like, here's a, yeah, there's the, the licorice and the apple bag. Check it out, dude. You know, I felt comfortable with them. And, and I gave this, this whole idea just a little bit more introspection. And I think it comes down to vulnerability. It's like, here I am showing a very private area of mine to somebody else. And there's no judgment. There's just acceptance that this is normal. And there's nothing weird about it. And it's just that acceptance. So I, I, I want you to do that with your team. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to show, show them this stuff. I, I just want you, I want you to be you know, vulnerable with your team. So be yourself. You know, be your whole entire authentic self. Being willing to share your experience and, and all the experiences in your life that make you human, all the feelings and emotions and stuff. And allow your team to be vulnerable with you. Like, don't judge. Don't criticize. Just accept everyone as humans. We make mistakes and we have insecurities. We all do, but we are all in need of grace. And I think there's nothing more bonding than when we can be ourselves, be authentic and be accepted. And that means, you know, we have to be a little bit more authentic and vulnerable with our team. And we have to encourage that vulnerability in them because people love that authenticity. They love that authentic and real. They love people that are confident and comfortable in their own skin. And I know a lot of people on my, my team and probably a lot of listeners would say that I'm slightly off, maybe weird even. I don't know. I'm okay with that though. You know, I'm myself. I'm comfortable with who I am. So I, I want you to try to bring that to your practice. And when, when your team members bring that, you know, encourage that, you know, recognize it, recognize their vulnerability and, and be accepting. So that's the first point is just being vulnerable. Next, something that's been super important to our culture has been the fact that we all get along as a team. We've got a great team that gets along and everybody likes each other. For the most part, okay, I want to say, I mean, we are 45 employees, not everybody's going to get along, but for the most part, we get along. As we grew, we became less tight-knit, and I think partially because of the size as, as we got a lot larger, but then a lot of it was that we did a lot of growth through the pandemic, and we just couldn't get together as much. Like, a big part of our team was 
getting together for parties on the weekends, going to do things after meetings. Like it was just something that we did and it was very normal for us. And it resulted in a team that got along and really enjoyed being around each other. But, you know, we didn't do that through the pandemic because it was so wrong to do that. And we don't want anyone to see us out together without masks on. Oh my gosh, like, because we're going to be horrible people then. But, you know, we're back in full force doing that. I mean, we do our quarterly meetings and we always have a half day meeting. And then for the other half of the day, I pay everybody. We all go do something together. We, that might be bowling. That might be, we went whirly ball pretty recently. We've done go-karts. We have weekend parties. You know, we, we just had a fall party where we had a bonfire. And well, we actually did not have the bonfire because it was too windy. But we rented a tent and we catered some food and got some tables. And we hung out at one of the team members' house and in her backyard and just drank and had a great time all night. I have a barbecue every year. I didn't have it this year. I haven't had it since the pandemic, but we used to do that. You know, we go on a skiing trip every February. So we're doing that again this year. A lot of the girls at work went to New Buffalo, Michigan, which is kind of like a wine area, like a lot of wineries are on there. And they all did that. They all rented an Airbnb house and all stayed in the house. And I can just tell you, it just feels different in the practice when everyone is getting together and get along. And I think if, if this is not you, this is not you to set this up, have somebody on your team that likes to do this, set these things up. And then really encourage your team to go on them. And, and however, you got to get them there. You can pay for the drinks. You can pay for the food. For the quarterly meetings, I pay them hourly to go to these things. And those will be the ones that most of the people will go to. Almost everybody goes to that. Not everybody goes to these weekend things, but I really try to encourage them to do that. And I think, you know, as, as an owner, we do it to be nice. I, you know, I want to be generous to my team. But I mean, if you really want to think in, in transactional value, I mean, you do get return on investment for the money that you spend to get your team together. And I, I don't want you to do it for that reason, but I'm just telling you that it is worth it. Bring some games to your meetings, some challenges, give some prizes, do some teamwork exercises. These things matter. There's been such like a renewed focus on our team this year. And it's primarily because of my leads. It's not me doing it, not me setting it, it's my lead setting up. But I, I, I forgot how badly we were missing it since the pandemic. So if you want your people to really love their work and work together really well, I mean, help them love each other, provide some situations, provide them some things for them to get together and do, and do whatever you can as the leader to get everyone to go there and, and have a good time. And then the last thing I got here is I, I think we all need clarity in systems and training. We need to invest focused time and scheduled time with departments, with the team, and we need to go over formal trainings. We need to do role plays, you know, role play patient experience, role play exams and explaining things to patients. You can role play treatment presentation financial stuff. You can role play literally every single interaction that we commonly go through at the office. We want to give our teams the confidence to handle everything that gets thrown at them at the practice. And that starts with deciding what to do when, which is the systems and the training, which is the implementation. So, I mean, it, it takes effort. Yeah, it takes effort, but it isn't that hard. I mean, you can do this. And once you start working on these things as a team, like your culture as a practice will start to focus on always becoming better. What can we change in the system to become better? Get things in writing, get systems in writing, make cheat sheets for what we do when, and you just start to continually build on being the best that you can. So that's, that's my third point. So number one was be vulnerable, encourage that vulnerability, be yourself, be authentic. Don't be afraid to show weakness, to show insecurity, things like that. You know, be honest and be a real person and accept your team for being real people as well and encourage that vulnerability. No judgment, no criticism. Second thing was to put the energy into the team events and the exercises at your meetings. Set up some stuff. You know what? Maybe not everybody's going to come to the first one you do. And then you can encourage everyone to come to the next one, to the next one. Eventually, you'll get everybody to come or most of the people to come. But 
you want to have this type of practice. And I can just tell you, it's so much fun. We have so much fun as a team and I have so much fun with my team. And, and the third thing was just provide those systems and training to your team so that they can be the best. So yeah, that's it. So, you know, I'm off for the next two weeks before going back to the office after the hernia surgery. I've just been hanging around and home enjoying nothing on my schedule. My daughter has her state cheer competition this weekend, which is a, a little bit a ways away. It's about an hour and a half away. But dude, like this is the, I, I'm hoping maybe I might post her routine on my Instagram because they're sixth and seventh graders. And this is the best team that she has ever been part of. And they have never not won state, this group of girls, like from when they were small to now. And they are so good. Like their tumbling is just, I think they could literally go against like some like high school teams. Like it's like, they are so freaking good. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I mean, I've seen my daughter probably over the past five years of her doing this, maybe 20 cheer competitions. And, and I can tell you every single time after that routine, I got to wipe tears from my eyes because it's just so cool just so proud of her and how hard she works and there is nothing in the world more magical than watching your your little girl succeed at something she works really hard at so i'm really looking forward to that this weekend everybody have a great week you know and look out for my book my book's coming out oh man it's so close it's done the draft is done we got to format some stuff on the cover and i am really hoping in the next two weeks it's coming out before my next solo episode but you know just just look for that and i will be posting on instagram Go follow me on Instagram. It's dentalpracticeheroes.podcast. Yeah, and we will talk to you all next time. Take care, everybody. Yeah.